the biggest sports stories of the week. So when I get my hair cut, they wax my ears, they wax my nose, okay, and they wax my eyebrows every time I get my hair cut. Okay. I literally have one eyebrow, and I've had people trip over my nose hair. Okay. It's embarrassing yeah. when someone trips over your nose hair. Yeah, that's that's not, cool. not cool. Unique and compelling analysis and opinions when it comes to your favorite teams. Then he, he said, I don't want to be a bum. He doesn't want to be playing and not be good anymore. And I I think that is a legitimate concern for him. And I think this for year, for Rodgers. For the MVP yeah. of the NFL again this yeah, year? Right. Is he really no, no, no. I think Aaron Rodgers should be in the uh, conversation as well for executive of the year. <laughs> Plus some fun with pop culture. Man, that might be a- is the round, the quarterfinals. That's the metal no, round. No, no, that's Wait, can we, do we get Matt, get, call Matt Hamilton right now. Because we got to find out. This is Sunday Karma. Well, all I can tell you is I picked way better than you throughout this, Ben. So you got lucky that I have a life and I couldn't get my picks in a few times because I clearly picked way better than you. Now, live from the Gruber Law Office's One Call That's All studios at Radio City. The whole, uh, you know, Harper is the co-host. She hasn't been here in a year. She doesn't deserve that uh, love. She should get bumped. Here's GKB founder and CEO, Craig Karmason. Welcome to it. It's the best start to a Packers season in uh, at least two years. That's right. I mean, how could you be that upset at week one? Packers were way better than they were last year. I mean, does anyone remember that Saints game? Wow, that was really bad. And that was when we were thinking like, oh, Aaron Rodgers... Maybe he was just good in 2020 because there were no fans there, so he was good on the road because he was able to control the environment. And 2021 is going to be so much worse. And then Aaron Rodgers just went out and had another MVP year. So it's understandable that we feel like going into tonight's game, Packers, Bears at Lambeau, there'd be the thought that, uh-oh, now it's Aaron Rodgers with no Devontae Adams. So... It's a whole new ball game. And I believe it will be. Like, um, maybe not a whole new ball game, but very similar to what we've seen in the postseason the last few years with the Packers, where there may not be enough, even if the defense is better. But for this regular season, I think Aaron Rodgers is going to be Aaron Rodgers. If you remember the Sunday night game last year, it was, I think the Bears probably outplayed the Packers by about 21 points on special teams. And the Packers still won going away, like at the end of the game. Like that, it was insane how bad, I don't think I've ever seen a special teams play like the Packers special teams did. The Packers ended up winning that game 45-30. to And that was, you know, Justin Field throws for two picks, um, he had a nice game. He ran for like 75 yards, but Aaron Rodgers threw four touchdowns, 340 plus yards. Devontae had 10 catches for two touchdowns and over 100 yards. Obviously, that's not going to happen tonight, but I think as long as the special teams seems to be uh, not what it was last year, I was at that Bears game last week in Chicago against San Francisco. The Bears offense is still just not anywhere at this point. And it was bad conditions last week, so Mooney and Komet will be better 
than they were last week. But Packers offense is superior. The Bears defense is really solid, but I think the Packers defense is probably equal. And Aaron Rodgers is just, at this point, so far ahead of Justin Fields that the Packers, I think, get back to the winning ways. I think the Packers end up having a fun kind of pick six type night at uh, at Lambeau. Yeah, if you could, if you can uh, stream the Packers defense or grab them in uh, daily fantasy, I think it's the night to do it. And I think everything is right with the world tonight, just like it was the last two nights at American Family Field, where what? The Brewers are beating up on the Yankees, including giving the Yankees a five-game, a five-run cushion on Friday night. The Brewers, despite Josh Hader not uh, doing what he was supposed to do, he was supposed to blow that save for the Padres last night. He didn't. So that leaves the Brewers two games behind the Phillies, one and a half games behind the Padres. Two of those three teams get in. So two out of three get in. So right now the Phillies... 65 losses, Padres, 66 losses, Brewers, 67 losses. Two of those three get in. And, I mean, we're talking about virtually, like, on top of each other, right? 65 losses for the Phillies, 66 losses for the Padres, 67 losses for the Brewers. If you look at the wins, Phillies and Padres both with 80, Brewers behind them at 78. So... Phillies two games ahead, Padres one and a half games ahead. Two of the three teams get in. The My hot take from watching these last two nights, the Yankees and the Brewers, is that the Brewers have a better chance to go to the World Series than the Yankees do. And that's with the Brewers likely, you know, the Brewers are only 38% chance to make the playoffs right now. The Yankees are a lock. Right? The Yankees ran away with their division. They've fallen apart you know, since. But, I mean, the Yankees still have a chance to win 100 games if they go 13-4 and four in their last 17. I don't think the Yankees are cut out for a run. I don't think they have the pitching to do it. I don't think they have the starting pitching. I don't think they have the bullpen to do it. I think the Brewers do. I think the Brewers are built as a team that could get hot and actually, I, I wouldn't predict it. I wouldn't say it's like a better than 50% chance. But if you actually look at how the Brewers are constructed, this is still a team that has enough good arms out of the pen and three starters who I think at any given moment you're going to feel good about that has a chance if they can make the postseason. So as we tend to forget about the Brewers once the Packers and Badgers football seasons get going, please let's not do it this year because this team is gutting it out. And this team is has a lot of home games left. You have an opportunity to go at a very reasonable price to American Family Field over these next 17 games and uh, catch some Brewers baseball as they make a push for yet another postseason, which if Craig Council could do it, would be one of, uh, again, one of their greatest feats. You know, the Yelich year when he was hurt was incredible, but uh, another incredible run. And while all this is going on, we also had a college football game going on where the Badgers uh, bounce back. Oh, are you? Uh, 
DJ, not are, not a college. You are, want... are we are we considering that actually a game? I mean, that seems like you're being a little bit of a I don't know if it's a hater, a snob, a, a something. You're saying because it was not closely contested, you're not going to call it a game? Yeah, that. I'm not going to lie. I I turned it off after the first quarter and found another game to watch. Um, it it it's just it. Those games don't entertain me. No, I mean, I mean, if you're at the game, that's the kind of game that could be fun because there's yes. scoring, there's waves going on, there's push-ups going on, there's you know, there's there's just a lot happening because every time the Badgers touch the ball, it seemed to be uh, it seemed to be six points. So I get that, but I think in general, when you come off a non-conference loss at home, which the Badgers never have. I think the idea of getting a blowout win against a team that you should have blown out is good. Uh, I heard on the pregame, I, I heard them say uh, the over-under on Graham Mertz incomplete passes was four. Like that if if Graham Mertz was over four incomplete passes, something's wrong. And Graham Mertz was 12 of 15. I mean, that's, I mean, that's kind of the game you expected. I think the, the good thing about it was there also wasn't too much wear and tear on any of the running backs, right? Brandon Allen, uh, Braylon Allen, uh, 15 carries uh, to lead the Badgers. And, um, you know, I, I think it was exactly what you needed after a non-conference loss and exactly what you need when you look at what's coming up. Because the Badgers have not left Camp Randall Stadium. The Badgers have had uh, very uh, comfy uh, setups. And the Badgers are now less than a week away from going into number three Ohio State at the Horseshoe. What do you think the point spread is there? Oh, man. I mean, what, if, if you had to think, Badgers going to Ohio State, who is a you know perennial top five team, and where are they again this year? Oh, yep. They're right there in the top five. What do you put the point spread at? Badgers, who already have a home loss this year, going to the horseshoe to play Ohio State. Uh, I'd put the spread at 17 and a half, maybe? That feels low to me. Really? Feels low. I mean, Badgers at home, I feel like might be 17. I mean, that's my gut. All right, let's let's go to... uh, who should we look? All right, we'll pull it up here. I, yeah, that you don't think you don't think Vegas right now is is giving any sort of benefit of the doubt after coming off of that hot, hot game. I I bet the wait wait the wait, wait. Are changes. You, so you you turned off the game, but you think Vegas is going to change the spread versus what the Badgers this did early to in New the week? Me- yeah, based on what they did to New Mexico State, coming off of a hot week. Yeah, absolutely. What? No, no way. Let's see. Um, see, the few places I've checked don't have an early spread on the game, but let's see. Um, let's see. Badgers, Ohio State point spread. Can we get it anywhere? What's a good place that has future point spreads? You know, you would think the day after the game they come out. All right, here's uh oh, look at you. Look at you. So going into yesterday's game, that was going into yesterday's game, the future spread uh, was Ohio State by 15. Okay. So I would guess that is not going to change too much. 
And uh, I appreciate our IT team here blocking all of uh, the gambling sites that I'm trying to access so that uh, that is why uh, I'm stumbling trying to find a, a point spread because the ones that actually have it, our IT team has done a wonderful job of uh, blocking. So Badgers will be at least two touchdown underdogs next week. So pretty fun thing. Remember, I mentioned the Brewers. Yankees leave, Mets come to town. So you still got you know elite out-of-town teams coming here uh, throughout the week that you have the opportunity to see at American Family Field. So big week today, big show today, huge day as we lead you up into uh, our game day coverage, which begins at 4 o'clock with uh, Brian D. and Gary Ellerson, his first uh, show with us. And, uh, you know, after the game, you can always hear Gabe, Homer, and Tausch breaking it down after every single game. We'll talk to Jason Wildy though, in less than 20 minutes, getting you ready on a big Sunday. We'll also uh, look in at our uh, Cover 5 and uh, make sure you get your uh, Cover 5 signed up because we're giving away 100 bucks this week if you, uh, if you win our Cover 5 contest. We'll tell you more about it as we roll on. It's Sunday Karma, ESPN Wisconsin. This is Sunday Karma with Craig Karmazin on ESPN Wisconsin and WisconsinOnDemand.com. And you know where I live. Yeah, you know what we is. Sometimes you gotta stay. I mentioned it, Cover 5. Join now or get your picks in now if you've already joined. Right now, we're giving away 100 bucks this week. All you need to do is pick five games against the spread. Whoever does the best wins 100 bucks. Pretty easy. Really easy. Let's see. Last week, it was a... Um, I mean, I guess every week, right, you say is is an interesting week, but week one's always interesting. The team who, uh, the, the person who won last week, son of a itch, uh, picked the Baltimore Ravens, which it was very common pick against the Jets, picked the Chicago Bears, which was a not a common pick at home against the Niners. That was 15 and a half points because the way cover five works is not just do they win, it's how many points do they beat the spread by. So the Bears was 15 and a half. You had the Houston Texans at home eking out a tie where they were seven and a half point dogs against the Colts. You had the Minnesota Vikings against the Packers beating the spread by 17 and a half. And you had the Kansas City Chiefs beating the spread by 20 and a half. Actually, that tied son of a itch at 71 and a half for first with Bookins who had Buffalo, Minnesota, Kansas City, Tampa, and the Eagles. So the Eagles didn't even cover the spread. So someone won this contest and tied for the win in this contest, picking only four out of five against the spread. But, you know, they had Tampa instead of Houston, so the, and, and they also had Buffalo, who covered the spread by 20 against the Rams. So right now, go to Cover 5, uh, download the app, or go to Cover5.com, Use the join code WI22. That is WI22. And you can win 100 bucks this week. It's, it's so easy. Pick five games against the spread. If you do the best, you win. Five games against the spread. You get points for every game you cover. It's cover five. 
Cover 5 app or Cover5.com. Join code WI22. DJ, we're at 841 people signed up for this right now. We'll see uh, how we do uh, by the end of the show. You remember 841. We'll see if we get a few people signed up before kickoff today. And even if you don't get signed up by opening kickoff, there's still enough games between the after the late games at 315, the Sunday night game, the Monday night game, where you can still get five picks in. Two, Two Monday, Monday night, night games. games. Yes, ABC and ESPN tag teaming Monday night. Gotta love it. So a great opportunity for you to be a part of Cover 5. All right. And obviously what you knew we we're going to do next is debate the American League MVP. Because it is, to me, one of the most fascinating things uh, I've seen in a long time. Because here, I'm going to give you three candidates. Uh, blind candidates for the MVP. Uh, all right. Candidate number one has a 312 batting average, which is sixth, 57 home runs, and 123 RBIs. Now, obviously, I think if you know baseball, you know who that is. That is Aaron Judge. Yeah. Okay? And his 57 home runs are that much more impressive because second place is 39. So he is blowing everybody out. And same thing, in RBIs, that's not just in the American League, 123 RBIs leads. Second in the American League would be 112, but he's nine ahead of everybody else. And his batting average, we even said, is sixth in all of Major League Baseball. Sixth in all of Major League Baseball. So if you just look in the American League, he's actually third, okay? So do you give it to that guy who's third in average and dominating all the home runs, all the powers of his teams in first? Or do you give it to person number two? Person number two has 13 wins and eight losses as a pitcher. 13 wins and eight losses as a pitcher with a 2.43 ERA. 196 strikeouts and 36 walks. Or do you give it to person number three, who is hitting 286 with 34 home runs and 89 RBIs? I, I got to go with person one. Okay. What if I told you that person two and person three are the same person? Oh, man, you're... You, you walked right into oh, it. Shohei Otani from the Los Angeles Angels. There is one dude in Major League Baseball who now is 13-8 and eight with a 243 ERA. For those of you nerds who like the advanced uh, stuff, he's got a 5.4 wins over... 5.3 wins over replacement as a pitcher. And then, all of a sudden... He's hitting 266 with 34 home runs and 89 RBIs as a hitter. Like, I'm a Yankee. I I grew up a Yankees fan. I've been rooting for the Brewers the last few nights against them now. Um, So I I still have love for the Yankees. But, I mean, the only reason I would go Aaron Judge over Otani right now, and I don't know if this is his fault, is that the Angels are still 20 games under 500. And it's hard for me to be like, all right, this dude's the most valuable player in baseball if his team's lost 19 games more than they've won. And so there's if there's an award for the best player in baseball, I think it's got to go to Otani for MVP. 
as the Yankees have held on to first place by four and a half games because of Aaron Judge, I'll give it to Aaron Judge. 800-990-ESPN. It's 800-990-3776. That is our old National Bank talk and text line where you could jump in. I mean, that's insane, right? Like, two of the three best candidates for MVP are actually the same dude. Like, and we're witnessing this today in an era when we say, like, oh, pitchers are soft. They only go to the fifth inning. They only do this and that. And here's one of these pitchers who last night, last night, the Angels won two to one. Okay. You want to talk about a valuable guy? Angels won two to one last night. Otani drove in one run, he scored the other. Okay. That's usually pretty valuable if you're going to win two to one. Oh, yeah, he also pitched, like, seven scoreless innings. Like, that's like Little League World Series stuff. Like, who does that in the major leagues? Like, I don't think Babe Ruth was doing that. I think Babe Ruth was doing it at, like, separate times. Like, I don't think he was ever, you know, doing it at this level. And in this era of specialization and all that, seven scoreless innings pitched. And then he drives in a run, he scores a run, the team wins 2-1. to one, And they beat a team that's a playoff team, right? This is the Mariners that they beat who's a playoff team. So I don't think Otani is going to win the MVP uh, because they're going to finish 20 games under uh, 500. But uh, while we're uh, getting into football, let's just take a, a sec to appreciate uh, some of those things that are still going on uh, in Major League Baseball, including... The Brewers and Yankees today. Plenty of time, by the way. Even if you're going to the Packers game tonight, plenty of time to get to American Family Field as the Brewers try to close out a three-game sweep uh, just after 1 o'clock today against the New York Yankees. All right, when we continue, it will be Jason Wildy. We're talking Green Bay Packers with him. It's Sunday Karma, ESPN Wisconsin. You're listening to Sunday Karma with Craig Karmazin on ESPN Wisconsin and WisconsinOnDemand.com. Jason Wildy is brought to you by Boucher Automotive, where we ride with you every mile. 18 dealerships, 15 brands, and thousands of vehicles in stock. Check them out at Boucher.com. Good morning, Jason. So, Packers get off to a much better start to the season than a year ago, including (laughs) their quarterback last year, who had a 102 quarterback rating, raising it to a 118 this year. That was Jordan Love. And their quarterback, who had a 36.8 quarterback rating last year, raising it to a 67.7 quarterback rating, which was Aaron Rodgers. I mean, everything seems to be looking up in Titletown. Very positive review of uh, a twenty-three to seven loss. Although you could point out, well, and that if you're going to say that, game is more costly than well, uh, losing a conference game. But Jason, they lost by less than half of what they lost last year. It's true. That's and true. you're such a ray of sunshine today. What's gotten into you? And if you think about it, what matters more at the end of the year: division wins or conference record? What matters more? 
Um, and I know division games are conference games, but it's obviously conference <laughs> games when you're fighting for when you're fighting for the one seed or the two seed or the buys. And we've seen how important the buys are and home field advantages the last few years. Um, it's nice, you know. So whatever, it's it's all good, right? There's nothing to be worried about with the Green Bay Packers because. You know, last year, Dalvin Cook, 20 carries, 90 yards. Sorry, last year, Alvin Kamara, 20 carries, 83 yards. This year, Dalvin Cook, 20 carries, 90 yards. Same thing. I mean, it really was the same thing. Wait a minute. What was that again? Was it, was it not more this time? Is that what? It, it, was, huh? seven, it was seven yards more. With with okay. the, with the same rushing attempts, <laughs> but 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 last year, I, I don't even know if you know who Tony Jones Jr. is. Do you know who that is? Yeah, he's Tony Jones' son. Yes, he is. He went for eleven <laughs> carries, fifty yards, and this year, Alexander Madison went for eight carries, thirty-six yards. So. You know, and by the way, Jameis Winston also ran for 37 yards. So last year they gave up 171 yards on the ground. This year is only 126. Mm, Even the 4.5 yards a carry on passing yards. Yeah. Well, okay. Last year they gave up five touchdowns to Jameis Winston. This year only two to Kirk Cousins. (laughs) I mean, everything Uh, is looking up. Can you keep this up? I'm just out of curiosity. Well, I mean, last year. In the you know Aaron Jones five carries nine yards this year Aaron Jones five carries forty nine yards yeah there you go more positivity I mean everywhere you look there's positivity last year AJ Dillon four carries nineteen yards in the first week this year ten carries forty five yards and a touchdown and maybe two touchdowns I mean he may have gotten in on that that one that other one at the goal line but you know it depends what angle you're using. Um, uh-huh. So, everything looking up. How about this? Last year, Amari Rogers, your big rookie receiver, only one catch for 19 yards. This year, your rookie receivers, six catches for 71 yards. Yeah, and Amari Rogers didn't play from scrimmage at all, and Aaron Rodgers mm-hmm. made sure that he made it clear with his curt answer about him that he doesn't really want him to play anyway. Um, so everything Nothing is positive. So everything looking up, and the special teams clearly appear to be improved from last year. Um, again, maybe not elite, but at least maybe top thirty in the NFL this year. <laughs> what, would would you say they have the makings of a top thirty special teams unit this year? They definitely do. Yes, and they. they I, I like what I've seen to get them into the top thirty. Which last year they were not correct. That's correct. Yeah. Yeah. So See? so. With all that being said, how do you feel about the Packers? Uh, well, much like last year, they also get to come home and play uh, a division rival or opponent uh, that isn't very good. Last year was the Detroit Lions. This year, it's the Chicago Bears, who uh, obviously did win their first game in a monsoon in Chicago. But I think uh, even the Bears, while they wouldn't admit it publicly, would say that they've got some deficiencies on their roster. Oh, Jason. And that they are. Jason, I was at that game. There was a, a third and four handoff. You were at that game? Yes. Um, were you outside? No, I was in a suite. By the <laughs> okay, way, how about this? Right. Uh, including, I'll be up in Green Bay today. 
I won't actually go in the doors, but I'm still counting that as going to the game because I'll be at the Tundra Trio um, outside the game. And then I'll be at the Thursday night game this week, uh, Brown-Steelers. How about four hitting four NFL games like that quickly? Uh, I'm impressed. Wait a minute. What's the fourth one? L.A.? Uh, oh, yeah. Yep. Thursday I was at, last week? Yeah, I was at the L.A. opener uh, last week. Wow. So there was a GKB station with a team involved in all these games, so you made it to all of them? That's pretty impressive. Well, I don't know if uh, the Bears are a GKB station just yet, but or, or ever. You never know what happens there. Um, but um, sure. but uh, it is a market that we have uh, operations in, at least. That was what I meant. Yeah, yes, that is what yes. I meant. So, um, but you, you look at, um, I don't even know what you were talking about, uh, we're, but uh, <laughs> it's, it probably had something to do with the Packers being better than last year. And... Um, and and you uh, all right. so and oh, I was going to say can, the Bears. There was a handoff to Montgomery on third and four, where he got stopped for a loss, and it was one of those like almost give up handoffs. Uh, that like, how are they handing it up the middle on third and four? He got stopped. They would have had to punt. Instead, there was a uh, face mask on it. They got an automatic first down. Next play, broken play. Justin Fields makes a, a wonderful. Uh, touchdown throw, you know, to a wide, wide, wide open receiver, and they end up getting the momentum going, and they end up winning. But the Bears' offense was absolutely putrid for the majority of that game. I know it was tough conditions, but I did not come away from that game, you know, with anything to fear, you know, from the Chicago Bears' offense. I mean, this, this if the Packers' defense is who we think it is, this should be a route tonight. It should be, no doubt about it. And and look, we can joke all around uh, all we want about the improvement compared to last year's opener, and and nothing you said was false. Uh, but I think it's going to be really interesting to see how this team evolves throughout the course of the season. I, I talked about that with Matt Lafleur before the season started, and I, I just think that there's going to be, you know, growing pains is going to be the popular word uh, or phrase that we're going to hear a lot. But that said, this is one of those games. You know, against a team that obviously is in the process of, of rebuilding yet again, that you need to show what your strengths are capable of doing. And that would be their defense against a young quarterback without a lot of proven weaponry at his disposal. That's uh, Aaron Rodgers, whose passer ratings in his last four games against the Bears, all victories are well north of 100. Uh, he has thrown. 14 touchdowns and no interceptions in those games. Um, this is this is the kind of game where even if you're going to have more growing pains throughout the course of the season, this is the kind of game that you have to play at home with some of your pieces coming back. I think Alan Lazard will play today. Uh, I'm guessing that they uh, are going to play Elton Jenkins. I don't know that for sure. But all the all the stars are aligned for them to kind of get Get a game where they play the way they know they're capable of. And that's not going to be the case every week, but this is the kind of game where you really need to do that. And even if they win, but don't do it in a convincing manner and they struggle and there's you know receivers running routes wrong leading to an interception or what have you, uh, it's not going to – it's not gonna, it's going to be a win, but I think for Packers fans it's going to be one of those, ugh, they won, but they didn't make me feel any better about where they're trending. 
Yeah. Um, so we chat with Jason Wilde, also inactive, starting to come out. If you're starting uh, Alvin Kamara or Julio Jones in your fantasy league, I would uh, recommend making a change there as both of them are out for today. Jason, how about in and out for the Packers? Uh, I know it's early, and I feel like I've heard you answer this question throughout the week. And, uh, you know, it's it, it, it changes, but it's still seemingly unknown. So who plays and who doesn't tonight? Yeah, uh, I, as I, I know you've heard me say, I am out of the David Bakhtiari prediction business. Uh, it's just, you know, I, I've had multiple conversations with him. Uh, he has indicated multiple times that he thought he was ready. Well, isn't that um, so weird also when you get, like, the tough guy, the beer-chugging guy, the, like, like I feel like Bakhtiari would never not play, right? Like, so he's he's always going to tell you he can go, right? I, I feel like he's the least credible person to talk to about his health. I would agree. However, I think the difference here is that he has said repeatedly in those conversations that his knee actually feels different. Uh, there, the issues that he had last year I think he will acknowledge in retrospect, because remember, we did not we did not talk to him before the playoff game. He did not uh, make himself available last year um, after he played against Detroit. Um, I think he knows that the ACL is no longer an issue because that's what he said repeatedly. And the last surgery was supposed to clean up the other stuff that was bothering him, the foreign bodies floating around and everything else. Um, I think he felt like he was ready for the green light, whereas it wasn't just toughness related. I think he was actually a believer of that and that they have taken a uh, more measured approach than he would like. But again, uh, as you, you're right, sometimes you have to save players from themselves, and he would be one of those players that I think would fit that mold. Yeah, and so beyond him, El- Elton Jenkins, Alan Lazard, you know, who do we see today? Yeah, so so I I think we'll see Alan Lazard. I I don't know how uh, whether or not they'll limit his snaps or not, but I think he was able to practice all three days, which is a huge step for him. Uh, he he said he thought he would be a game time decision, so we'll have to wait until about five fifty tonight to see if that decision ends up going his direction. Elton Jenkins practiced uh, in full. He was a full participant on Friday which is the first time that has happened. So that would seem to be an encouraging sign. And, of course, these are the circumstances where you would like for him to come back. Uh, Tausch talked about it. Tausch has uh, way more expertise in this than he wishes he did, having torn his ACL twice. And uh, as an offensive of, lineman and as a tackle, uh, I would say not only does he have more, but he has more than you, Jason, on this one. i, I got to be honest. I'm not trying to pull rank, but I, I think he may know, uh, may, may relate yeah, no. to this more than you. Yes, I've been known to maybe say that once or twice on our show, too. It, unfortunately for him, he's such an expert. But he, he played right tackle, which is where they're going to play Elton Jenkins. And what he was saying about last week was that even if Elton Jenkins physically was ready, that he would not have played him in Minnesota because of the uh, uh, of the other factors that are going up against him, um, the noise, the being a half a step slow, potentially being put in awkward positions with your body, and then on turf on top of it. It wasn't just that it was on turf; it was all those other pieces as well. And if you're coming back 
from an ACL. Those are all pieces that are are against you. And then on top of all that, it was the place where he suffered the injury originally on November 21st. And Tausch said from a psychological standpoint, that's also a factor. So if he was physically ready last week, I think they decided that the circumstances, even if they felt good about his knee, were not good enough for him to play in. And that's what leads me to believe, again, it's this is more guesswork than anything else and hopefully an educated guess, but that's what leads me to believe there's a good chance that he actually plays tonight. Yeah, I guess uh, just to put a wrap on the injuries, I guess the other uh, the other person I would say we should be, I don't know, does... Is there anyone else really that matters uh, that that you would say uh, we should be talking about? Is John Runyon someone we should be talking about just because of the depth of the uh, offensive line? Yeah, I think it is because when when you look at the juggling they've had to do, and this is why I think it's important, and you're going to see one of the players that has made it much easier for them the last two years to handle this kind of juggling than it is for them now, and that's Lucas Patrick, who the Packers did not try to re-sign in free agency. He went to the Bears for two years and $8 million. Um, he's coming off of a hand injury. He suffered in camp, and he played about half the game last week. But he was the guy, he and Billy Turner, he was the guy on the inside, Lucas Patrick, who could play left guard, right guard, or center. So wherever you had somebody banged up, you just plug Lucas Patrick in. Same with Billy Turner now playing in Denver. You need him at right tackle, fine. You need him at left tackle, fine. If Lucas Patrick's having to play one place and you need somebody else to play right guard, Billy Turner could do that too. And so the reason why Runyon's concussion, in addition to just being bad for Runyon, and he wants to play obviously, is significant is because they just don't have the versatility and those veteran guys that can get you through a game without a major mistake. I'll, I'll use Zach Tom as an example. They felt pretty good about what Zach Tom did most of his appearance last week after John Runyon's concussion. But he also had a play where he completely whiffed on his pass protection assignment, like didn't even lay a finger on the pass rusher. And those are the kinds of mistakes that obviously can be game-changing. And so for the Packers, they just right now, and Rodgers has lamented this, they just don't have that proven, veteran, versatile player who can play anywhere they need them when injuries strike. And so getting Tunyon back, or getting, getting Runyon back, they got Tunyon back last week, getting Runyon back would allow them to not have to do any more shuffling than they already have. All right, well, we got to talk about uh, Tunyon and the rest of the offense and figure out if, it, if they do run the ball more and what the story is. As we continue with Jason Wildey, it's Sunday Karma, ESPN Wisconsin. You're listening to Sunday Karma with Craig Karmazin on ESPN Wisconsin and WisconsinOnDemand.com. Continuing with Jason Wildey brought to us by our good, 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 good friends at Boucher Automotive. Boucher.com has the largest selection of vehicles. Oh, J.K. Dobbins inactive. We knew that already. I mean, it's good when you have, uh, I mean, my backfield that I went with in, in my uh, big fantasy league when I have uh, Cam Akers and J.K. Dobbins, you know, I'm, I'm, and, and people said I'd be weak in the backfield, but it's a long season. 
And Corderell, Corderell Patterson's looking okay. Jason, speaking of the backfield, um, it seemed as uh, we read off those uh, numbers from last year that Aaron Jones, two years in a row, only had five carries uh, the first week of the season. Um, I know Matt LaFleur said they needed to run the ball more. Why don't you think they ran the ball more? Yeah, I, I think there's a couple of things that work there. First of all, he's he's right. They do. Um you know, I think Aaron Rodgers kind of hit it on the head, though. He said, and and this was a little bit of a criticism of Lafleur, but I think Lafleur would acknowledge that it's accurate that they let the scoreboard spook them a little bit, right? It was twenty to nothing, and that factored into maybe more passing calls. Now, the other part of that, which we don't maybe talk about as much with Aaron Rodgers, is uh, he's got such freedom at the line of scrimmage. And Matt LaFleur is never going to throw him under the bus or criticize him publicly. But there were probably some plays that were run plays that he canned, which is what they call it when you, because it's the other play you can run that's built into the play, but he canned to a pass or on a run pass option. He chose the pass option. So those are all factors in why those numbers look like that. I, I understand the carries jumps out. But the way this coaching staff looks at those two running backs, the most important thing is touches, overall touches. And they didn't get enough of those either. They got a combined 23, and they want to get that number closer to 30 or higher for the both of them. That means running the ball more. That also means continuing to get them the ball out of the backfield in the passing game. So I would look for that. Of course, the Bears aren't stupid. Uh, Matt Eberflus and Allen Williams will say, hey, they're talking all week about wanting to get the ball to their running backs more. We should probably be prepared for them to try to get the ball to their running backs more. So it'll be interesting to see how that plays out tonight. Yeah, and you mentioned uh, it in the passing game where A.J. Dillon led the team uh, in targets with six uh, and then a, a slew of players at five, including Robert Tunyon. Um, mm-hmm. What did you think of Robert Tunyon? Uh, you know, three catches, 36 yards, five targets. Did he appear to be back? And, you know, will he, I mean, is he the dark horse or is he, you know, the guy who leads this team in receiving touchdowns this year? If you look at uh, the last time he was healthy. Yeah, I don't think he's a dark horse. I think he's a front runner. Um, look, I, I, I'm sure that Alan Lazard, as he gets healthy, er will also be in that discussion a lot. And Rodgers has talked him up as a number one receiver and being fully capable of that. But uh, Robert Tunyon, I think, is going to be a really, really big piece of this offense. He has Rodgers' trust, which is not true of a lot of other guys. Uh, Obviously, he missed the second half of last season as coming off the ACL, but we remember what he did in 2020. And I think he's capable of replicating that um, they spent a lot of time with him. It's not the only reason his numbers were down last year, but it was part of it that he was helping in pass protection and chipping guys on his way out, which was throwing out the timing of him getting into his routes. All those things factored into him last year, not having a great season. But if you look back on that Arizona game where he got hurt, that was the game where it was finally coming together for him. He had a, he, in fact, he got injured at the end of like a 30-some yard catch and run. So I think they feel really good about him being a big piece, and this was his first game. Remember, he did not play in the preseason either. So he looked like a guy who was getting his sea legs back. And I think you'll take those three catches for 30-some yards and five targets 
as a first game back, but they have much, much bigger plans and ideas for him this season. So tough to talk about what happened in game one and not talk about Christian Watson and that pass. What was your take on how he responded uh, both the rest of the game and you know after the game and uh, throughout the week? And then how do you kind of handicap him versus uh, Romeo Dobbs now having seen week one if someone said who's going to have the bigger year of the two rookies? Yeah, I, there's a couple of things there that you bring up. One, you know, and I'll be honest, I didn't think of it in these terms. And we got an email from one of our fans, his name is Jason, um, on our show who said um, maybe – when it's a guy who has not played a single NFL snap yet, because remember, Christian Watson had off-season arthroscopic knee surgery, did not play in any of the preseason games. So that was his very first play as an NFL player, period. And, uh, had, not, and had not played a Division One college football game ever. Right. And so um, maybe that wasn't the best position to put him in with that play call. And I did not think, I'll be honest, I never thought of it that way. I thought of it from the opposite end of, wow, that's a heck of a lot of trust to put into a kid uh, and to send a very clear message. Hey, you're going to be a really important part of what we do, and here's how we're going to show it on the very first play. See, and I came um, at it from the, wow, we've talked so much about seeing how it is when the when the bright lights are on, and maybe all of a sudden he's thinking, oh, my God, Aaron Rodgers is throwing me a pass. It would have been nice to have had Aaron Rodgers throw him a pass in the preseason if he was healthy enough to do it. Yeah. You know, so also there's true. a lot of angles yeah. to go with this. And, and so, you know, and, and this is going to be an, un, uh, an odd take, but I thought his bigger mistake was later in the game when he ran this little shallow, quick pass route where he's supposed to just come out and run flat along the line of scrimmage, and he ran it a little bit too far, like one yard upfield. This is the difference between, you know, game of inches where he got a little too far up the field. Rodgers threw it where he thought he was supposed to be. And it was between him and I think Cobb was the other receiver and was should have been intercepted and taken back for a pick six. Those are the kinds of small little things that young players make mistakes on. And so, you know, I thought it was a great learning experience for him, not to sound like the fifth-grade girls basketball coach in me, but that's what I thought it was for him. And unfortunately he had to lose the game during those learning opportunities. But I think you saw what they like about him. He's fast. He's big. He's athletic. The question coming out of North Dakota state with him though, was his hands. Um, he, he has to be better. And I, that's just one of those things where um, sometimes you wonder whether or not that's always going to be an issue for a player or not. Look at Devontae Adams, though. His first two years, he had some trouble with his hands. He was not a consistent catcher. And now you look at his career and what he's become, and obviously that's changed significantly. And thank goodness MVS isn't doing anything so that we don't have to hear about that right now uh, in, as a backdrop to everything else we're hearing about. So what do you think? How do you handicap those two running backs, right? Now, the two rookie uh, wide receivers right now? I think, I think Dobbs is going to be a really good player. I really do. I think he has the right temperament. I think he's got all the different pieces of the skill set. He can go down the field. It's not, he's not as fast uh, as Christian Watson, but I really like him as a player. And I thought you saw some glimpses of it in the game last Sunday in Minnesota. Now, you know, he's going to make mental mistakes still, you know, he played at Nevada. That is not exactly a place where they run a, a, a pro style offense that really gets you ready for the NFL right away. 
that doesn't mean that he's not going to grow into that. But I think long term, I think he's got the makings of being a really good player. And I thought you saw glimpses of that. Christian Watson has all those pieces that we just talked about, but he does have to be more consistent catching the football because all that other stuff doesn't matter if you can't be relied on to catch the ball. Jason Wilde, you can uh, follow him at Jason J. Wilde. You can listen to him every day on Wilde and Tausch. And uh, I think we both said it kind of at the, at the top. You, we both feel like the Packers roll tonight, right? You're, you're, uh, you're feeling like they. Uh, this is exactly what uh, was the recipe needed for a team coming off a uh, week one loss like that? Yes, the antidote. And don't yes, forget, I will also discuss this. Uh, I am doing a full hour today on the Tundra Trio Radio Network on Green Bay Game Day. So I am. Wow. Uh, we go from four o'clock until kickoff. So and I'll be part of that from five to six. So you are part of the five to six hour. It kicks off with Brian D and Gary Ellerson. Gary Ellerson making his Tundra Trio on in Green Bay debut, but uh, part of uh, the team as of last week. That is a uh, very exciting, Jason. I will see you in Green Bay, and I uh, look forward to listening tonight. All right, buddy. Thanks. Take care. Be good. There he is, Jason Wildey, brought to us by Boucher Automotive, where we ride with you every mile. Up next, by the way. At the beginning of the show, when I said that everyone can join Cover 5 and be part of our picks, how many people did we have signed up at that point? We were at 841. Well, you look at this. You think about the power of my voice and what I say on this show. We are now up to 845 people. How about that? Explosive, explosive growth. Uh, If you want to be part of our Cover 5 competition it is keyword join code WI22. We're giving away 100 bucks every week. All you need to do is pick five games against the spread. You actually get to be part of our Palermo's picks. That's the beauty of this. So uh, download Cover 5, really fun app uh, to use and play. We liked it so much, we decided to buy it. Uh, join code WI22 to play along with all your favorite ESPN Wisconsin uh, hosts and to try to win 100 bucks. That is Cover 5. We have our 7 at 11 next. It's Sunday Karma, ESPN Wisconsin.